You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Hey, it's us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton right here, Jeff Smith right there. Uh, there being the golf cave at Otter Creek in Columbus, intrepid producer Mark Hunter couldn't find any excuse not to show up today, so he's here too. We appreciate that, Mark, more than you will ever know. Sadites. <laughs> Sadites. What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about competing. No matter how good and or bad you think you are, competition is one way to uh, improve or at least to identify the areas in which you definitely need to improve. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It exposes people. Casual golf, fun golf, comfortable golf, golf with a beer in your hand, golf with two beers in your hand, that does not expose who you are as a golfer uh-huh. until it's time to compete. Uh-huh. And then you have been exposed. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know where I see it in most people? What? Wedges and putter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost all the time. Those are probably the two things, not only the two clubs that you use most often, so any shortcomings in those areas would be uh, exacerbated. But also, those are the two areas where if you're the least bit tight, you're not going to hit it correctly, right? Yeah. It's amazing to me how when people play under competition, how tight they get. Yeah. And their minds go crazy as if they feel like they have to get it as close as possible because they don't trust the fact that they can putt or whatever. So they think they have to pitch it into there to be an inch, and then when they don't, they feel like they're mad, and then they stress over the shots. And mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, after our show here in town last Sunday, um, mm-hmm. I was able to uh, had an, uh, an offer to come out to Fuzzy Zeller's newest course, in the area here, Champions Point. Ooh, good course. Oh, a beautiful course. Well, you and I played that. It's like the first time we ever played golf together was out there. It was nice. Yes, yes. Um, I'm and, scarred for life. And yeah, you'll be happy to know that I played substantially more better this time. Wow. Did you have to give the alias this time? Uh, no, no. I told them who I was and no. everything. They even said, hey, wow. come on back. <laughs> did they really? They wow. did. They did. But it was, and this is the thing that got me going. Um, because we got there, a buddy of mine lives there, and they, mm-hmm. he, we had had him over to play a couple of places last year with us, and he decided to return the favor, and he said, come on out, play at Champions Point, it's on me, yada, yada. And, of course, getting to the tee, the guy that uh, I brought with me was like, all right, so what are we playing for? Because he and this other guy have been friends for eons. And we decided right. to keep it simple, you know, Match play, best ball per team, two bucks per side, two dollars for the whole thing. And I said, Hey, I got six bucks I can lose, not a problem. You know? <laughs> sure. I'm ready to go. Uh, second hole, part three. And I did not, this is the one thing I still can't remember to do, man, is I did not figure in the wind. Hit a beautiful shot. Uh, yeah. You know, straight, right at the pin. And it landed about five yards short of the green, let alone the pin, okay? <laughs> I mean, hmm. Yeah. My ciphering was off a little bit on this hole. But, again, I went back into the memory banks and pulled out Jeff Smith's $5golfclub.com video on the firm-wristed scrape 
wedge shot. Uh-huh. Did you do it on your phone on the golf course? No, I did not. Did I did it from my memory because I've seen that sucker repeatedly over and over and over again. And after about the 18th, 19th time you watch it, it starts to sink in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everyone's like, okay, this, this is going to be fun. You know, my partner's in the rough off the green, and the other two guys, his partner's off the green, and my buddy that we're playing against is like 12 feet away from the pin. I hit the sand wedge shot. I hit it just as the video described I should hit it. And it flew probably to about 12 feet from the pin, checked up and rolled to a couple of inches. So much that I didn't even have to walk up to the green. The guy just walked up, took his putter, and tapped the ball back to me, you know? And it was like, yeah, I think I may be able to do this. No putter necessary. No putter. A no putter putter. Um, it was it was pretty cool, man. And that that was the second hole. First hole, I hit a beautiful drive, decent shot, two putt, not a problem. Um, Good. So by the end of the second hole, not only had I parred the first, but I parred the second with a with a very good chip. My confidence level was up there where I no longer was intimidated by the fact that a I was playing against somebody substantially better than me. Somebody you were playing with somebody you haven't met yet, and someone I hadn't right. met yet, right? Right, a stranger, which usually really sets me mm-hmm. off. And um, yeah, and we held our own, man. We lost, of course, but we lost by like because this guy was dead eye dick with his putter, man. If he could get closer closer than twenty feet, he was in. It was a money putt every really? time, man. And this How about guy. That? And this guy is a competitor, and that's one of the things that, that I wanted to bring up because he plays on the Golf Channel Amateur Tour. Oh, yeah. Which he didn't tell me until, like, the 14th hole. You know, I think the bet might have been a little different had I known that going in. You know what I'm saying? But, six uh, bucks. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's he going to make it? Five bucks? Well, when we, when we got to the back... Know, too much for my blood. When we got to the back nine, we did demand strokes, though. <laughs> Yeah, he he gave us two. That was great. That was, oh boy! Yeah, but what we're going to talk about is competing. Get out there and compete, whether it be in a scramble or a friendly game with people you don't know, or get involved. There are amateur tours all over the place that you can get involved in. We're going to talk about that and a few other things too when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys, don't you move? This episode is sponsored by MyBooking.ag. Go there now, use the promo code GOLFGUYS, and get up to a 100% bonus. Yeah, time for us for those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek, and Tripper producer Mark Hunter on the controls, the other side of the glass. And, and we were talking about... Um, uh, competition. Got a few stories about competing. Got a few tips about competing, and and uh, also want to talk a little bit about whether or not there is a golf gene because something has happened here in town in Louisville that's just outstanding, and I think uh, Jeff and his family would be able to relate to that also. But out of Champions Point, which is uh, Fuzzy Zeller's second course here in town, guy we yeah, were playing with. That's a nice track. It is a beautiful track. Guy we were playing with did not let it be known until we were a, a few holes in 
that he had competed in 27 events on the Golf Channel Amateur Tour this past year. That's a lot of gas. Finished, yeah, and a lot of entry fees and a lot of travel and finished first in four of them. Not at the one at Otter Creek, though. No, no, I don't think he went there. But he was telling me... He was telling me that this year he has played at, uh, he played Torrey Pines. Uh, what's the, the AT&T is at uh, the Pebble the, Beach. Pebble Beach, name escaped me. Yeah. Uh, also played uh, Sawgrass, played the Ocean okay. Course at Hilton Head, which he said yeah. is the most difficult That's golf a nice course. track. He said it's the most difficult golf course he's ever played. Oh, come on. Must be because badly. of the wind. He just um, played badly. The Ocean Course is not that hard. Okay. Now, the ocean course at Kiowa Island, okay. But if he played the ocean course at Hilton Head, Hilton Head? Hmm. then, yeah. If okay. he played the ocean course at Hilton Head, that's not the most difficult golf course. But, if, but I will say if he played the ocean course at Kiowa Island, on a windy day, it's brutal. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Between yeah, that and St. Andrews and Dornock and Cruden Bay and yeah, the some wind, of those Irish the, Scottish golf courses and Whistling Straits. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. The wind on Kiowa Island comes from every direction simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, whatever will affect your shot the worst. That's the way the wind's going to blow. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And he also played. Victor- you got a wedge in your hand. You're downwind. <laughs> <laughs> he played Victoria National, which he said was was rather difficult. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, per- played purgatory and said that's a piece of cake. Uh, yeah, comparatively, yeah. Yeah. And then he plays daily. In fact, he had just finished 18 before he met up with us to play another 18 Sunday at Champions Point. The rough at Champions So this guy apparently is retired and has money. Right on yeah. both counts, man. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the layout of or, or the, the construction at Champions Point is Zoysia Fairways and Bluegrass Rough. Mm-hmm. And he said that of all those courses he played this past year, the rough at Champions Point is the worst rough he had played. And wow. it and it was, man. This stuff was thicker than shag pile carpet. Tightly woven shag That's a pile. Bold statement. Carpet. Um, That's a pretty bold statement right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll back it up, man. I'll back it up with stories. Again, going back to the $5golfclub.com and to your last golfinar on Facebook Live on how to get out of rough, how to figure that yeah. your 7-iron isn't going to get anywhere near what your 7-iron thinks it's going to do. And especially getting out of there, there's no way you can grip that club tight enough to not have it affect the direction of the shot. Uh, so I pull out my yeah. three hybrid, and I'm just wanting to hit it somewhere on the fairway. That's all I was trying to do. Just hit it as far down the fairway as I could. And I managed to do that. I went yeah. about 130 yards, man. That's the, and, you know, the clumps of grass. You've done that out. with an 8-iron. Yeah, about what an 8-iron should do. 8 or 9-iron. Huh. And you could have had a, a little easier time out of the rough. But then my playing partner, who knows more than anybody and has no problems with any aspect of the game of golf. <laughs> oh, fig- wow. Figured he was in the rough. I didn't know that Justin Thomas was your playing partner. <laughs> <laughs> Got to add one. I think you would have dropped the bomb on us <laughs> on that one a little sooner, don't you think? Justin Thomas wannabe. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> no, my, my playing partner got out there and uh, was like, ah, yeah, I'll, I'll club up a little bit. It's only 130. I'll hit my seven iron. 
and he swung, <laughs> and his club head moved 90 degrees. I swear, he hit the ball on a direct line parallel to where he was standing, uh, perpendicular to where he was aiming. <laughs> I mean, this thing went dead left. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, buddy. $5golfclub.com. You joined. Maybe you should watch a video or two now and again. <laughs> but wow. it was it, it was fun, man. But the rough was was rough. But I love that course and uh, got invited to come back and uh, maybe raise the stakes a little bit. But the thing that made me feel good is that after listening to you for lo these many years and actually getting off my high horse and practicing some of the stuff I have heard you tell me to do to get better. Mm-hmm. I was playing against a guy who competes on the Golf Channel Amateur Tour and wins. And I was neck and neck with him on his drives. I was neck and neck with him on, on approach shots to the green. The only mm-hmm. thing he did substantially better than did I was putting. If he got within mm-hmm. 20 feet of the hole, write it down and walk away. It was mm. it was a thing of beauty to watch, even though I heard this ching every time one of his balls went into the hole. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But that's, I guess that's, that's probably where most of us need, need to work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because... Um, most of us won't compete because we 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 feel we're lacking in the uh, or we actually show up lacking in the wedge and the putting thing. We'll talk about how Under we can fix. Under pressure, yep. those are the two things that fail. We'll talk about why and how to fix it when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. You checked out our Facebook page yet? It's Facebook.com/slash/golfguys. Go there and like us, please. You know it's football season. Golf season's winded down. You can admit it to us. We won't tell anybody. Sometimes you like to wager a little money on a game, don't you? We know, Jeff. Come on. Your wife's not listening. You can admit yeah, to it. Yeah, Got a yeah, place yeah. I need you to check yeah. out called mybookie.ag. They fit the criteria that uh, Mark and I were looking for, and Jeff jumped in and said, hey, I like this. One is they're very reputable, and they've been around for quite a long time. And the other thing, too, is they are fast. Two days is what it takes on the off chance you win. <laughs> Mark wins all the time. Me, I have no idea what I'm doing. But when you win, two days. Now, what you need to do is go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, sign up and use the sign-up code GOLFGUYS because then they will match your opening deposit up to 100%. Honest, reliable, rapid payouts, two days in most cases, up to 100% matching bonus if you sign up with the code GOLFGUYS. So why wouldn't you do it now? Mybookie.ag. And it's the Weekend Golf Guys, John Ashton, Jeff Smith, and Clipper producer Mark Hunter. And you are competing. You have finally said, I am going to go out there and I am just going to match my game up to somebody. I mean, come on, it's golf. You can get strokes. You can get the handicap matching. You, you can move up a tee. You can change tees. I mean, there are systems in place to even the playing field, if you would. But what we're talking about is that most people who are not used to competing get a little nervous when they do compete, especially when they're over a shot that really matters. And the yeah. shots, as we have discussed earlier, that are reflected in nervousness 
the most are wedge shots and putts. Yeah, and I that's guess right. the reason for Even that the is full be- wedge shots because you get tight. Is that it? Well, first, you, you know, when you just don't practice them very much, you yeah. know, there's some serious things that you, you know you got to pay attention to. You really do. Okay. If you don't practice very much, you tend to stare at the ball longer. You tend to have the ball in the wrong place. Most people play their wedges too far back. And then they start making too big of a backswing, and then they decel. It's one of the biggest problems that I see with people in their wedge game when it's under pressure. Mm-hmm. When it's just a regular old, hey, it's just you and I going out and we got a couple of beers in the cart with us, you're just going to stand there and laugh, joke, line it up, look at your target, look down at the ball, look at the target, and go, okay, I'm going to hit it, and turn around and hit it and face the target, and all of a sudden you've got a clean struck shot, and you go, wow, this is the easiest game we've ever played. Mm-hmm. But yet then there's that whole, I don't trust myself. Oh, boy, what's on the line for this? Oh, my gosh, I better, I have to get this up and down. Oh, no, what's going to happen? I'm halfway in between clubs. What, you know, yeah. all those things that yeah. start swirling around in your brain, and then all of a sudden you're standing over the ball and you're staring at it. Right. And you're staring at it and you're staring at it and you're staring at it, and you don't, and you don't bother looking up at the target. You're too busy thinking about all this crap. And next thing you know, boom, you take the club back full, and your brain goes, Wah! too much. <laughs> Let's slow it down. And then, bang, you chunk it in the ground. And then now that becomes irritation because now you got another one, only about 20 yards shorter. <laughs> and uh, you got to go through that again. Yeah. And then chances are really good on this one that you're going to skull this one because you're going to go, okay. <sighs> okay, don't fat it again. Yeah. Don't decel chunk it again. I decel chunk that one. I can't do that again. All right, I got to go through this. Got to go through this. Got to go through this. And ping. Next thing you know, it's 20 yards over the back of the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now you've just hit the worst two in your mind. Now you're mad, sad, embarrassed. Um, you know, you're, you're hanging your head. You're apologizing to your partner. All those things are happening. Now all of a sudden you get, you know, a, a chunk onto the green, and then you go up there and wiggle it around, and you're like, your brain's all scrambled. Yeah, and you have sound like anybody you've, you've played with before. Yeah, and you haven't even you haven't even screwed up your putt yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Yeah, I've so, been, I've yeah, been around those the, people. <laughs> I have. Yeah. <laughs> the trick is is to keep it. Notice that ninety percent of what I just said was mental. Mm-hmm. You know, I described the physical, but. Really, the, the stuff that created it was the mental part. Right. John, when you go out and you practice, mm-hmm. you should practice competitively. Okay. Let's say there's no one else around, right? Because you tend to go out by yourself. Right. How do you practice competitively when you're by yourself? Well, hit two shots. The second shot has to be better than the first one. The first one is the casual, comfortable guy, and the second one just saw what the other guy did, oh, and you go, okay, i got to beat this guy. I have to beat this guy. I have to beat this guy. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, you're, compi- you're, you're learning to hit a shot under the pressure that you've created in your own head. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So then you've learned, right, as you're learning to, to create a certain level of pressure in your own head, you're certainly, two parts happen there. You learn how to handle that pressure in your own head. And secondly, you're also learning to compete only a manageable level of pressure. So that way when there is a situation on the golf course and you're competing, you can manage to only let it bother you a little. Because you're 
creating a scenario in your head that it only has so much value mm-hmm. instead of, oh, my gosh, this now is the, you know, well, I've always practiced, but there's been nothing, and now all of a sudden, oh, no, it's time. It's the real McCoy, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you, you get too much pressure. So what, if you consistently put pressure on yourself in practice, like this shot must be better than the last shot, and then the next shot must be better than this one. Now, all of a sudden, you're creating a level of manageable pressure, and then you're comfortable creating that level of manageable pressure, and then you won't create too much more of that while you're on the golf course because you're used to it. Right. And then it's easier. And you- so then there's not that big difference between no pressure and then a lot of pressure. Right. Plus, your confidence yeah. level is higher. So you can... Well, that's what... That's what builds your confidence level. Yeah. That's what builds it. You know, you get more confident by hitting more shots under that scenario. Right. Yeah. But plus also when you get more confident, you feel less pressure. I mean, when the... Oh, yeah, that's right. When the first thing you say to yourself when you walk up to the ball is, I got this. And you Mm -hmm. say it so you've actually convinced yourself. Right. uh, You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You have more confidence. Well, confidence is built... Under from successes mm-hmm. in that situation. So the reality of it is, is you have to create that situation. You have to become so adjusted to it, so used to it, that it is no longer a difficult situation. And then you have lots of confidence because that's your new comfort zone. Right. Right. And you need to you mm-hmm. need to go out. I mean, you need to put yourself into those situations, whether you compete against yourself or, you know, bring a stranger into your group just so that you've got the competition. The the little added, I don't want to look like a total schmuck in front of somebody I don't know. You know, because yeah. you can always right. just mess around in the group you always play in because people are going to expect you to be bad anyhow. They know you too well, you know? Yep. So uh, mm-hmm. don't try that. Or just, you know, one thing, I, one thing I am doing later on today, as a matter of fact, that I would never have done in a million years prior oh, to... Oh, boy, here we go. I was asked... A million to, years? A million years. That's a long time. I was asked okay. to play in a golf scramble. Not bring a team... It was like, hey, John, can you come out and play in our golf scramble? And it was like, yeah. Okay. Are, are you suggesting that not in a million years would anybody be asking you to play in the golf scramble? No, what I'm suggesting is or, that not in a million years would I have accepted the invitation to play by myself within a group of people I did not and could not have ever known. Okay. A group that, those are two very different scenarios that we're talking about. There. Yes, they are. I just I, wanted to clarify. <laughs> and I appreciate for you clearing that up for everybody. I didn't want anyone to have the wrong impression. Um, just trying to help. <laughs> you're the man. I, I never, would, never would have felt comfortable enough with my game to agree to play with total strangers. Alone, without any partner or anything. So, mm-hmm. hey... A huge step forward for mankind coming up right here, man. I'm scared to death. We will take a quick break, and we will be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. You know, it's football season. 
golf season's winded down. You can admit it to us. We won't tell anybody. Sometimes you like to wager a little money on a game, don't you? We know, Jeff. Come on. Your wife's not listening. You can admit yeah. to it. Got a place I need you to check out called mybookie.ag. They fit the criteria that uh, Mark and I were looking for, and Jeff jumped in and said, hey, I like this. One is they're very reputable, and they've been around for quite a long time, and the other thing, too, is they are fast. Two days is what it takes on the off chance you win. Mark wins all the time. Me, I have no idea what I'm doing. But when you win, two days. Now, what you need to do is go to mybookie.ag mybookie.ag sign up and use the sign up code golfguys because then they will match your opening deposit up to a hundred percent honest reliable rapid payouts two days in most cases up to a hundred percent matching bonus if you sign up with the code golfguys so why wouldn't you do it now mybookie.ag Welcome back to those weekend golf guys, John Ashton, Jeff Smith, Tripper producer Mark Hunter, and we're talking competition—the uh, the ins and the outs, the whys, the wherefores, the hey, get off your duff and get out there and try to beat somebody, or at least lose to somebody graciously. But compete, make every shot count, make every shot mean something, and you'll be surprised what paying attention will do for improving your overall performance once you get over the nervousness. Right? Would you agree? Absolutely. Paying attention is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, stressing about it, no. Obsessing about it, no. But just being aware of things, it's pretty important. Yeah, just going through. You know, being aware of things like, like rough. Exactly. Are, is, is the grass growing against you or with you? Right. Pay attention to that. Right. It will make a huge difference on your ability to strike a golf ball, move a club through the grass, and have your ball go anywhere. Yeah, as long as you're trying if to make the grass the... is growing against your swing, you've mm-hmm. got trouble. Yeah. That's where you better have a wedge. As long as you're trying to make the right shot, that's that's half the battle right there. You know, cause if, yeah, because if, if you're out there... With with a uh, ill advised club and an ill advised stance and an ill advised lie, uh, it's going to be all downhill from there. You will have a rather uh, negatively predictable bad shot result. I want to talk about a little yeah. stuff. You, your your uh, kids uh, playing in um, tournaments, season ending tournaments soon, aren't they? It's getting yes. getting into fall. The season, the golf season, is going to be over uh, here in Louisville. The, um, the high school golf, tur- golf tournament season is coming to an end with the state championships coming up in another week. Yeah. The regional championships yeah. were last weekend. I think the same deal in Indiana. Numerous, right. numerous students of yours uh, conducted themselves quite well in, uh, in those regional yeah. tournaments. There's a high school yeah. here in town named St. Xavier High School. I drove by uh-huh. St. Xavier High School this morning, and they've got one of those mobile billboards that they can change the message on at, at a whim from the office somewhere. And yeah. it said, congratulations, FedEx champion Justin Thomas, St. X class 2011. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, isn't it? Isn't it really cool? How about that? St. X class of 2011. Yeah, 2011. Six years ago. Six years ago, he graduated from high ago, school, man. That dude's <laughs> in high school, and yeah. and all of a sudden, he wins the 
stinking Fred, FedEx Cup. Yeah, <laughs> and probably That's player what, of the year. How about that? And he's oh, yeah. the reigning yeah, PGA you know, champion. You win a, I mean, he's going to yeah, win it all. You man. win a major, and yeah, you win a yeah. major in the FedEx Cup, and a, you know a couple of others like he's done. Yeah, and and you don't have. You don't have a chance of being anything other than player of the year. Okay, now let me it's tell you, there's there's another Saint X kid who's playing this week or this year on the Saint X golf team. He um, last year he had to sit out because he was playing frisbee during one of the uh, between round thingies, and he broke his finger. So he he could not play with the team in the championships. This year, however, uh, his finger is quite well, and he, as he said, and I made it a point not to do anything stupid between rounds. <laughs> yeah. Midland Trail is where they played, which is the course where Justin Thomas's dad has been the head pro forever, I believe, here in town. Uh-huh. The, the course record was 65 up until this weekend. I say was because a guy named Drew Doyle, member of the St. Xavier High School golf team, set a new course record of 64. How old do you think this kid is? How about that? 16. 15. Mm. 15. Sophomore in high school. He's a sophomore in high school. Shot yeah. a 64 in a regional high school competition. The coach said, he said, he never ceases to amaze me. He's one of those guys, I make sure he's got plenty of water, make sure he doesn't get hungry and stay out of his way. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that is a smart, a wise coach, right? Yeah. yeah. Think about this. Um, this is, as you've mentioned, uh, state finals of this weekend mm-hmm. uh, for in in Indiana, it's the girls' season. The boys play in the spring, right? And the girls play in the fall, right? And and what we always see is, you know, the the, the stress level rises. You know, tonight and tomorrow night, I'm working with the uh, the Columbus North girls as they as they go to the state championships. Uh, one Danby Kim, uh, she's playing pretty well these days. Yes, indeed. Uh, she's won four times this year. She's had a a couple of uh, couple of victories where she's been under par and uh things are pretty good for her uh natalie munica also playing really well um and they're getting ready to go and their their stress level uh they are in the top three teams in the state so they will be playing with the number one and number two teams in the state so they are thinking for sure that they have a chance to win yeah and so uh, it's going to be pretty exciting to see that. And uh, if they can, they can pull that off, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we've also got, in terms of the, the high school uh, regionals and such, we go. We talked about, you know, you had mentioned where this, this young man's got himself a little 64. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I had a chance to work with a junior in high school uh, who shot a 63 in the state finals to win. Ooh. Yeah, he's since gone off to uh, to better things. Um, he uh, went off to play golf at Purdue, uh, 
mm-hmm. after winning state championship as a junior, did not win it as a senior, um, but won it as a junior, went off to play college golf at Purdue, mm-hmm. graduates from Purdue, spends a few years out playing professional golf, mm-hmm. and, um, and now he gets to play with the big boys. Ah. So you just never know. Maybe that young 15-year-old shooting 64 in the regionals, uh-huh. kid that can go that low, he's got a mindset of doing it. Well, let me and let me tell you people. The, yeah, let me tell those you the, people wind up in big places. That, I mean, that's the the same kind of uh, results that um, one one Mister uh, Justin Thomas was having when he was over there. Of course, now Justin Thomas mm-hmm. was uh, from a long line of golf professionals. His dad had golf professional at this Mid Midland Trail Country Club here in town. His grandfather was a PGA professional. In fact, did you see? Did you see his grandfather called him during the uh, the the post FedEx. Cup uh, news conference, uh, and he was talking, and his phone went off, and he looked at it, and he said, excuse me, but I've got to take this, and picked it up and said, hey, Grandpa, I'm in the middle of a news conference. Can I call you back in a minute? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just so cool, man, just so cool. But uh, That is really neat. Yeah, this Drew Doyle kid who shot the 64, which was eight under par. Um, Pretty cool. Not afraid to go low. He broke a record that had been set by, are you ready? His grandfather. Oh, mm. oh really? Yes. <laughs> his grandfather's name is... How about that? His grandfather's name is Mo Demling. Oh, yeah. And anyone who's played golf Mo in the Midwest Demling. knows who Mo Demling is. How about that? He's been one of, the, uh, one of the premier. He was on the, the Pro Tour for a while. He's been one of the, the preeminent teachers here in town for eons. And this this was his grandfather. And uh, his son... Yeah, hey, Grandpa, I'll call you back after I'm done yeah, talking to the this, media about I, beating I, your record. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and his son is the pro out at another golf course in town. Both, both sons are involved professionally uh, in golf, uh, one of the sons being, of course, Drew Doyle's dad. And... Um, so that, that leads to a question, and I think you also having a line of golfers in your family tree, it's something that I think we, we can explore. Is, is there a gene that creates good golf, or is, it just, is there a personality type that creates good golfers, or do you have to have a grandfather that you're just, you think is pretty cool? Because if so, then my Joseph is destined for greatness. <laughs> I don't have any course records, but you know what the heck. Because um, um, I mean, that you is... could you could you could have course records at courses that no longer exist and that don't have any records of them. And who could and who could right. refute it? Thank you, sir. Right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hate to give you that, but you know you could. You'll take that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but this this is just something that that's that's come to me because at least here locally, they're they're you know they refer to the Demlings in town here and all of their progeny, whether they be named Doyle or Demling or Doohickey, um, as basically as long as it's a D name, we're okay. Yeah, basically as long as is is they're got some genetic connection they are the midwest's first family of golf that's basic because i haven't met the smiths yet but we will be uh, talking about that and uh you know how can you go off and create your own golf dynasty when we come right back we are those weekend golf guys don't you move
a lot of us are looking for a miracle. You know, we go out and we buy a $500 golf club thinking it's going to give us straighter, longer drives. We buy a $150 golf club thinking it's going to get us out of the sand traps more easily and more often. We buy $200 golf clubs just because we want to get closer to that pin. Well, you know, you don't need a $500 golf club, a $200 golf club, a $150 golf club. All you need is a $5 golf club because the problem may not be the club. It may be your grip. It may be your stance. It may be your ball position. It may be your swing plane. It could be anything that an expensive golf club is not going to fix, but a $5 golf club can fix because Jeff Smith is a genius and he will be able to guide you where you need to go. Check it out. $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs. Five bucks a month. It's us again, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Creek, and triple producer Mark Hunter. And you, of course, and we really do appreciate you hanging out with us. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You can check us out anytime. Why don't you follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golfguys because Jeff's going to be doing bi-weekly golfinars and you want to not miss one. Because if you miss one, well, there's going to be a couple extra shots that you're not going to, uh, to do well the next round. And who knows, maybe somebody else in your foursome did catch the golfinar, and they're going to beat you. Hey, you know what? what? You know who's never missed one of my golfinars? Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why you're so good. <laughs> Punctuality, baby. Yeah. Perfect right. attendance record. That's Always it. on time. Always there. That's, uh, that's the whole thing. See? Yeah. The secret to success right there. It is. Punctuality and... and uh, and perfect attendance. And knowing what you're talking about. And Jeff gets all three well, of those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, all right. We were talking in the last segment, uh, in case you missed that, just about a, a, a 15-year-old high school sophomore who uh, broke a record or set a course record here in town during the Kentucky uh, High School Association um, Regional. And it was his grandfather's record that he broke. And it had been the record for 30-plus years. Kid's good, and he goes to the same high school that uh, Justin Thomas went to here in town. Yeah, that Justin Thomas. St. X. St. X. Yeah. And, and, uh, and during the break, Jeff was, was telling me about uh, you know, some of the results that uh, his daughters have had. Uh, there's no results for his son because boys in Indiana play in the spring, not in the fall. Yeah, you can't let boys and girls play at the same time because you know what happens. Well, <laughs> you know, the reality of it is when you go to the northern states, yeah. Um, the, the boys are more willing to play in the cold than the girls are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so letting them play in the springtime—that that's a much better. Yeah, that's a much better thing. Yeah. So exactly, especially around here, because sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's beautiful in February, and sometimes it's still winter in April. You can never tell. Your wife plays. There's a long line yeah. of golfers in her family tree. Uh, the branches yeah. are continuing yeah. through your family, with both daughters and a son being very accomplished golfers. Um, Justin Thomas comes from a long line of PGA professionals. Uh, in fact, what they say, this is the first time that the son of a PGA professional won the PGA championship or the second time or something. It just doesn't happen often. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're right. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. It's pretty and, cool. And, uh, and then we've got, you know, the Demlings here and, and, um, that, that keep winning everything. Uh, I think three, five of the family members played in the Kentucky State Amateur and three of them finished in, like, the top five. So the family's good. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. 
what do you think it is, man? Because you've got your own family that you can draw upon. Is is there an, uh, a genetic ability to play golf that's transferred to from from you know parent to child and downward, or is is there just the the whole the kids want to really impress their parents or they want to emulate their parents or what do you think it is that can create a line a, a dynastic line of golf? You just mentioned is the second is certainly more important okay. and certainly more valid. There's really no genetic mystery to what's going on here. Um, the, the reality of this is anyone can build themselves into a terrific physical being of a golfer. Okay. Anyone. Okay. has nothing to do with the genetics of it. But there is a lot to be said for the family culture and what they do. And if someone's a golfer, then golf is in the family. Right. As in, like, it's part of the father or the mother, mm-hmm. or whoever, and then that person, the father, the mother, grandpa, whatever, whoever, they bring it to the kids, and they know how to bring it to the kids. They bring it to the kids as a game. Look at how much fun we can have. Look at, the, look at what you can do. Mm-hmm. And then early on, they get shown some things that make them successful. And then, like every kid knows, if I'm doing something and I like it and I'm more successful at it, and then I happen to have a little bit more success than, say, my buddies, right. then I'll do it some more. Yeah. And then that begins to foster and bloom versus kids who have parents that are in different sports, mm-hmm. that they don't have the culture of golf in the family because maybe dad was a baseball player mm-hmm. or a football player. Oof. Right? <laughs> right? So just maybe... Yeah. Yeah, I understand it. That's that happens. Yeah, and so then the vacations change. Then when the families go on vacations, they go places that offer golf, mm-hmm. and that always becomes one of the things that they do. And then they go in vacation spots like Hilton Head, yeah, like Florida, yeah, you know. And they just go to places like that, and then they just get into that culture. And it's more environmental than it is genetic, for sure. Okay. So basically, yeah. you know, because because success begets success, uh, especially with oh, a kid. Yeah, it does. Anytime a kid does well at something, they want to do it more, and they want to do it better yeah. than the last time, and uh, it just mm-hmm. it, it becomes a, an, an upward cycle of um, you know willingness to practice. What do I have to do to get better? Let me do that. Uh, show me how to yeah. show me how to do it better. Let me do that. Um, and you're right. It is. I guess it is the the whole the, the atmosphere in the family, especially if if you don't say, okay, now we're going to take you out to play golf and you're going to learn how to do it because I want you to win tournaments. Mm, no, you're not creating a golfing no. automaton. What you do is you yeah. put a golf they, club in a kid's they hand. They want to win tournaments. They want to win exactly. Yeah. Just, sure, they want to win. They don't like losing. They're, you tell yeah. me one kid that likes losing. No. No, and golf yeah. is pretty cool, man, yeah. because golf, I think, is the one sport in high school that still hasn't fallen prey to giving out participation trophies. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Golf is a purely individual game, man. Uh, you, you play on a team, but you don't play as a team, if that makes sense. I, I can't. That's right. I can maybe, there is no passing. Yeah, I can, I can, I can maybe... I can maybe uh, you know score better than you, but I can't take a shot for you. 
You know, the coach coach can't call time and send someone else in to take this, you know, difficult chip shot out of the sand trap. No, it's you, buddy. All 18 holes. Um, and that's just something that, um, like you said, it's just atmosphere. If, if the parents enjoy it, grandparents enjoy it, family enjoys it, something everybody does together, it's going to be fun, even if they're not good at it. It's going to be fun. And as long as you don't point out, hey, this isn't fun because you're not good at it. Because golf is right. one of those things that you really can have a lot of fun even when you're not good at it. You know? Poker yeah. isn't. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but golf is. Uh, football isn't. You can get killed if you're not good at football if you continue to play. So... Yeah, that's not much fun. No. So uh, I would highly recommend, as would I would imagine Mr. Jeff Smith, to to foster an atmosphere. That's, this is if you are into golf. Even if you're not really into it, if you want to foster a family atmosphere that is totally fun and can be totally fun as a family wherever you go, try to get as many members of your family as is possible involved to one degree or another in the game. Yeah, I would tell you that the kids, if they get it involved when it's supposed to be fun, let's go hit it to that thing. Instead of it being on a golf course all the time, Mm -hmm. why not take a ball and a club and whack it around at a tree in a park? Yeah. Or let them whack it from one place to the next and just kind of go exploring and let them hit it from wherever the ball is and say, hey, try to hit it over there. Right. And let them learn to do that on their own. I remember one time we took Drew to a state park, and we happened to have a few clubs in the bag, and he wanted to go to the driving range that day. But you know what we did instead? We went to a state park in Tennessee, so we were hiking. And we had a great time. And then in the middle of the hiking, we got back to the car because we were going to hike this trail and then get back to the car and then go hike that other trail. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Drew decided he would take his club out and start swinging it, so I threw a ball down, and then he went over and hit it. And then he went over and hit it at the other thing. And then he just went off on his own for a while in this big field. Yeah. One golf club, one ball, and one kid. Yeah. And he just hit one short and then medium and then long, and he'd hit to that thing and that thing. Next thing you know, it was an hour and a half later, and we just sat there and watched the kid for an hour and a half Yeah. and a golf ball yeah. on his own. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is, I don't want to use the word addictive, but it, it is. It's a game that yeah. just just it, it just pulls you in, mind, body, and yeah. soul, and it just keeps you there. All right, man. Again, thank you, sir, and uh, good luck uh, tomorrow. I, I understand you will be gone. Uh, good luck with uh, your daughter's tournament. Try not to uh, you. you know yell anything from the sidelines. And uh, yeah. we also hard to do that. It is. We also want to thank you for being with us. Uh, we will be back same place, same time again next week. In the interim, you can always catch uh, any of the shows we've done. We archive them all at audioboom.com. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com is our website. It'll give you directions anywhere you want to go. Follow us on Facebook, please. Don't miss another one of Jeff's Golfinars. They're free, and they're at facebook.com slash golfguys. Or if you want, just follow us on Twitter at WKNDGolfguys. Pack up the family, throw the clubs in the trunk, go play some golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.